Hello and welcome to our podcast series, Cyber Protection Conversations with TD Synex and Acronis. I'm Dan Kimber, and to give you a bit of background on myself, I've been at TD Synex for nine years in various guises, um, but I've been managing the Acronis business in the UK since April. Throughout this series, we'll be, looking to, we'll be discussing hot topics in the cyber world, I'll be hosting industry specialists and a key partner, which basically a lot of clever people and myself, uh, discussing things such as cyber threats, ISV integrations, cyber insurance, and looking at the world through an MSP's eyes. I hope you enjoy the series uh, and look forward to listening. I'm pleased to welcome Ed Rennick and Maria Foskett to this podcast. Uh, Maria, if you'd like to do a quick intro, please. Yeah, hi, Dan. Um, yeah, so my name's Maria Foskett. I'm the Regional Marketing Manager for Acronis for the UK and Ireland. Um, so I've been on board since the start of the year. Um, and my background is very much um, channel marketing, distribution, kind of vendor and agency side. So, um, yeah. Great to great to be here today. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And Ed? Hi, Dan. My role here at Acronis is recruiting strategic partners to the business. Um, but that's that's many different activities that we, we undertake with these guys. That That's shown them how to take the Acronis product set and, and turn mm. that into a, a monetize that for the business and, and take that wrap to their partners, but also shown them aspects of the business that might not be so obvious such as cyber insurance where we can really help the partners help the customers navigate some of these um, horrendous things that are going on in the world at the moment around cyber perfect yeah so as you mentioned there Ed, today's episode is going to be focused on cyber insurance um probably say maria you probably act as a uh, translator for some people today with two northerners <laughs> on the episode but um no, Ed, talking about cyber insurance then, um, I suppose, uh, speaking honestly and candidly, I'm fairly uneducated around the topic um, itself, so it'd be good to just have a, a chat around what it is and who needs it. Good question, Dan. Very open one to, to begin with, but who needs it? Back in the day, probably it was always seen as just the, the large, well-known brand kind of organisations need cyber insurance. I think the last few years of have shown everybody that every organization needs it, whether they're a private organization or whether they're a, a public organization like a school. We saw um, a massive spike in particularly ransomware attacks and particularly through COVID. And who were the worst hit? Actually, schools, not private organizations. Schools were hit the worst. Why? Because they're, uh, they're low-hanging fruit to these guys. They all tend to have the same environments. They all tend to have everything on prem, um, and it, it, it can they lend themselves to, to these threat actors as a as an easy target. Probably just for sort of the layman's and kind of myself, what what, what exactly is cyber insurance? Do we have well, a definition or? Yeah, it, it cyber insurance actually. It's sometimes referred to as cyber liability insurance or cyber risk insurance. And it, it basically, it, it transfers the policy's financial liability to cyber security and privacy events such as cyber attacks, data breaches, things like that. It's the next level beyond the normal business in, interruption insurance that a, an organization would typically take. It's been quite a journey if you think about it for the, the cyber insurance companies because they've been on a, a journey of knowledge and understanding themselves just as much as the partners and the end users have as well because <clears throat> it wasn't long ago that the cyber insurance companies were 
scoring against ISO accreditations and very basic kind of best practice and benchmarking. Now we're in a place where it's a lot more difficult to get cyber insurance unless you have kind of covered a lot of the bases. And there's a lot more um, intelligence within the cyber insurance community in terms of what good looks like um, and what's seen as a less risky organisation. So what does a policy actually provide? It provides complete cover against basically any any type of external and in internal threat that's cyber based. So the <clears throat> cyber insurance covers you not just against the external threat actors, but it, it covers you against your internal threat yeah, okay. actors as well. You know, your malicious, what, what are deemed as malicious insiders. These are guys that might have worked in your organization. They've got the keys to the safe. And something's taking place and they're not happy anymore and these guys can actually in most cases cause more problems than the guys coming from external man places yeah so I guess well in one of the early episodes Marie we were chatting about um, obviously the, the rise in, in, in attacks and security yep. yeah, um, Andy, breach yeah. and stuff like that um, so you've sort of mentioned COVID Ed, and the, the increase and since that so I guess insurance in cyber is sort of got a lot more important over the last two three four years it's one of the more i mean look i've, I've been in the managed service and, and backup industry for you can see i've been here a long time now this is my first rodeo and it, the the landscapes changed dramatically over the years um every, it's it's at the front of everyone's buying criteria now you know even when we were talking about the adoption to cloud when that first came out, it was more around the cost of cloud rather than the risk of cloud. Yeah. Now, if anyone has that conversation, the risk security is at the forefront of, of basically every conversation now. And that lends itself nicely to the approach that Acronis have taken. Mm -hmm. We traditionally are a backup and recovery company. That's the mainstay of what we provide. But <coughs> as we've moved with the market we've realized that it's not just about protecting your data at a backup and recovery aspect it's about all of these other elements to your infrastructure that we need to think about what are we doing with your endpoints how do we encrypt your data how do we lock users down how do we patch safely so Acronis have kind of moved with with the industry if you are where the challenges for the end users and the managed service providers are and try to effectively bring as much into the portfolio as possible to to mitigate all of those risks. So, if I'm a partner, um, what should I be doing um, in terms of cyber insurance? Who should I be approaching? What conversations should I be having? You should really be having, um, if there's a risk manager, if there's anyone who deals with governance and compliance, these are the guys within your end user community who you'd be wanting to talk to. Um, most organizations now, even private and public, have um, people who are, pardon the phrase, on the hook for this kind of thing, on the hook for cyber insurance. There's a, a been a, if you think about the adoption of 365 over the last few years, that in itself is, um, while it's a blessing and a curse, it's got everybody to a point where they realize that actually 
you, you all you're doing is moving your data from one production environment to another production environment that's still got to be protected in whether it's in Microsoft whether it's in Google wherever that is mm -hmm. and those guys effectively until the introduce a third party like a Cronus via our managed service um, provider community there on the hook is the data controller as soon as you introduce the data processor to the to the entire process of what you're doing with your data you de-risk your entire business de facto and does that then impact so just sort of thinking about it from a cyber insurance perspective do they qualify it based on that's probably a tough question, but qualify it based on obviously the size of the company, level of risk, etc. How is that quantified? The the they have various type types of kind of scoring, um, and there's two types of cyber insurance as well, by the way. So there's first party cyber insurance. This covers the costs associated with investigating and responding to events, and the financial impact on the organisation. Third party liability insurance. This provides the organization with financial indemnity okay. as a result of a claim for damages or as a result. So if you, if you think about those two, they both have their own scoring criteria and elements within first party, forensic investigation, legal counsel, victim credit monitoring, all of these aspects that have got to be taken into consideration. If you look at third party, that gets much more into regulatory liability, PCI fines, network security and all of those aspects. It's not it's not an easy topic to navigate. It, there's so much to it and that's why there's an entire sector dedicated to this but what Acronis can do is cut through a lot of that complexity to actually what are the meaningful measures and controls that we need to think about when when we're implementing IT and we're improving what we're doing and we're we're dealing with the offsite data and all of these aspects of conversations that these organisations are having. We can make that a much easier conversation for our managed service providers to have with their customers in terms of the outcomes that we deliver. I think you touched upon it in terms of uh, this is how Acronis can help, but uh, going back to your earlier point, a lot of people associate Acronis with just being a backup and DR company. So. That's sort of the broader point, I suppose, that we're, we're keen to make is that Acronis can help with this kind of thing and it's not just we're a backup company. Um, it's a great point. I mean, look, but, but backup and recovery within the, world of, um, within the world of cyber insurance is actually more like a, it's part of the best practice criteria. It doesn't form part of the critical scoring element. The critical scoring element is much more around the security of multi-factor authentication, ADR, patch management, all of all of the things that Acronis have been really introducing and developing at, at a rapid rate to to basically support what the challenges that our partners have with their customers. So, with it being um, with it being insurance, I'm guessing there's a, an underwriting process of some description um, that goes in goes. Um, for each case almost so how does that process look or um, is there one that's more common than another and more common than another yeah I mean look the, 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 there's within that scoring criteria there's elements that are scored higher than other elements as you would expect yeah. in in any kind of policy beyond the best practice stuff and the best practice by the way that's backing up your data it's 
planning and testing recoveries, it's mm-hmm. training your employees, it's about auditing your supply chain. They're things that organizations are just expected to do anyway. But beyond that, if we think about the underwriting evaluation criteria, that's, and, and we can list them and, and you'll see as we list through them mm-hmm. where, where they sit and they all nicely sit within the, the Acronis portfolio quite na- quite happily. So we've got multi-factor authentication, endpoint detection and response, and this actually is probably the most um, buzzy of all of the phrases, if you will, <laughs> in the industry at the moment. It's that endpoint detection and response. Yeah. It, it's Acronis' kind of flagship security piece now, and that's where a lot of our partners, in terms of the direction of travel they go and the moving, the backup and recovery, that's great, but once it's in place, it's in place, and until you need to recover data, it's not really that important to it, but what is important on a day-to-day is is all of these aspects, endpoint detection, you know, patch management, vulnerability management, identity security, zero trust security. These are the elements that you're going to be scored on. These are the elements that are going to make um, a tangible difference to what your policy costs, how much of a risk you are, and, 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 and what your excess is going to be more importantly when something goes wrong. Because the reality for any organization now, it's not when. It's not an if question as it used to be back in the day. <clears throat> if you think about, you know, back when I was doing this, when it was still tape libraries and we were carrying things around in bags, we were providing very traditional disaster recovery. And what were we mitigating back back then for? Aeroplanes landing on your building, fires, floods, biblical events that were effectively in, a, in the business interruption world, classed as force majeure events, yeah. which aren't even covered by business interruption insurance. Anyway, now these days, it's not about fires, they do happen, but that's not, mm-hmm. that they are not the reasons for downtime anymore. Hardware failure used to be right up there with downtime, yeah. and that's not even up there. It's all about the threat actor landscape now, your internal and your external threats. That's effectively what's driving everything. But that's interesting as well in terms of obviously there's the there's the tech aspect, but it's also the process side as well, isn't it? As you just said, but like those internal threats. So if you've got no processes for people leaving businesses, you know, what if they take their security cards with them? What if they still have access to previous employers' information? All that, all that it's, stuff. What was quite incredible. So we um, we 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 recently had a session with the cyber uh, UK cyber police, and one of the one of the things that they highlighted in their vulnerability assessments was hardware that gets delivered has default passwords and usernames. Is it's usually admin admin. Mm. When they go and do vulnerability testing after uh, a cyber events occurred. It was like over 80% of the organizations they deal with haven't bothered changing default manufacturer username and passwords. It's simple things like that that are ignored. We can, with the Acronis portfolio, all of that, can we can start tying all of this process down. We can automate nearly all of it to the point where these aren't day-to-day tasks that you under, undertake. You set and you can forget them just the same as you were able to do with backup. 
so we can get into this place where the software is intuitive enough to be proactive we can be reactive when we need to be when something does happen um, and and that that essentially allows us to basically you know cover pretty much every event we deal with ransomware and malware attacks on on a weekly basis at Acronis and um, we've got some great stats around that unfortunately I don't have them to hand but we can we can pass them on yeah if you listen to the episode we do, we've done with Andy uh, Andy Kerr you'll you'll hear all those facts and yeah there's some crazy numbers um, in that and the, one of the yeah, reference was there's 250,000 um, I think it's phishing attacks a day that we that we see um, and that's an interesting one phishing takes up I think again from uh, uh, cyber police guys 90% of, of all the attacks start yeah, with a phishing that. attack yeah. so you know this is, a, this is an email security solution it, if we haven't got the time or you know people are people they'll only remember so much so is the more we can take out of the user's hands for from them from with using the software to be intuitive to know what's coming through to start um, noticing behaviors uh, noticing behaviors in traffic coming in traffic going out and being able to start thinking on behalf of organizations that's really where we want to get to and that's kind of where we're already at with the Cronus. it's it's really just a case of fine-tuning and and, and, and enhancing those those feature sets. Yeah. And then coming back to the stats bit as well, the cyber threats report I think that we release sort of every six months is, is a good good place for people to go to check those out as well. Yeah, and we'll attach that to this podcast so that you can download that um, as and when you like free. Uh, yeah, so Ed, in terms of sort of Acronis itself then, how is that the solution Acronis offer different to um, other vendors that you may have worked with in the past or that are in the market? That's a, a, a great question and and for MSPs it's a what's an MSP's challenge right trying to condense the amount of vendors that they work with trying to have less panes of glass to manage the customer environments uh, this is really where I think Acrona sets itself primarily apart because we've got such a a deep and wide portfolio that starts with backup and recovery and, and just keeps growing out at the security level. And why is that important? One, because we're trying to capture as many aspects as we've described on the call to help our partners, help their customers navigate all of the the, 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 the traps that they can fall into mm. at, a, at an insurability level. Um, it's very modular in the way that we've, we we build out the, the solution stack. So it might be that an MSP's got a, a particular vendor that they prefer for backup, um, but that doesn't mean Acronis can't come in and complement that environment. And this is where Acronis sets itself apart. We've, we've gone a long way to be able to integrate into other vendor technologies, uh, taking into the fact and accepting quite humbly that not every partner wants a Cronus in their environment. They've all got particular penchants towards particular vendors. What I, what I would say is that the, the modular approach enables a Cronus to come in and sit side by side with whatever MSPs have already got, connect to and help with. But if we want to get to this single pane of glass environment for MSPs, then a Cronus is definitely the best fit because of how deep and wide we go, because there's a non-stop approach to development, 
because there's a non-stop approach to building integrations with platforms, other vendors, other security technologies, we're, com we're constantly developing that. So we can either sit alongside and complement, or we can come in and, and kind of give you that single pane of glass view to limit the amount of management time that you're spending, your guys are spending on all of these different environments. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, really, because it's very rare you get a, a one vendor solution that hits, ticks every box. And um, as you sort of mentioned, and we've done another podcast with Nat Shearer um, around the integrations, but the way Acronis fits in pretty seamlessly with a lot of other vendors um, and integrations it has, it enables you to do that. And um, as I say, if you've got a vendor that you're working with um, that you like and you just want a complementary product, then Yes, Acronis is great. If you want something that does a whole lot still, again, Acronis ticks all the boxes almost. So, Absolutely. Um, it covers you on both angles almost. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to agree in terms of the integration piece. I think listening to that podcast and Natalie's view on obviously integrations and on what we're bringing into the um, ecosystem, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's crucial um, in terms of breadth and providing the reach for both the MSPs and the customers. Um, gives everybody that, that yeah. access. I guess um, then as a call to action, Ed, is there anything that you'd be um, asking of partners or um, MSPs as such uh, in terms of cyber insurance and what they should be doing? If they're not already working with Acronis, get in touch and we can help you navigate those conversations. But if you are an Acronis partner, go in and start having that confident conversation with your customers. This is a almost like a... It's a soft win. There isn't an immediate win for the MSP other than providing a professional service to their customer because they can leverage everything that Acronis are, are bringing to the table to, look, what is every organization looking to do? They're either looking to avoid cost, they're either looking to increase profit or they're looking to reduce cost. It doesn't matter whether you're an MSP, a vendor, or, a, or an end user buyer. This part, this forms part of that cost avoidance conversation, which really every MSP should be having with the customers. Perfect, I think. Yeah. Summary there, Ed. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure to have you on, Ed. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you found any of the topics we've discussed useful, please do reach out to either myself or your TDCNX account manager. I'm looking forward to having you along to the next episode. Yeah.